today's guest, Adriana from Cavalry Ventures. A lot of the founders, they get stressed, especially like on this transition from like C to Series A, I would say. And they don't know how to manage that, a lot of them. And what I think it's important, and it's probably not so much done, but I think it's also nice to have a coach as a founder. Um, oh, it yes. is definitely going to support you in your like, I guess, you know, thought process, structuring, uh, dealing with stress. Uh, how do you do that? How do you, you know, build a company and potentially have a family or a relationship or have a life next to that if there is. Um, so I think a lot of them don't really focus on that. And I think would be a key point for a lot of the founders to do that. And I would say that probably if you go to your investors, no one is going to say no to having a coach. I think everyone would be like, sure, if this is going to make you work better, get more structure, then go for it. Just do it, right? Adrian and I talked about the early stage of a company from pre-seed to seed and to series A. And we really went into the details of what are maybe some common mistakes, patterns, and also decisions that should um, be taken in that stage to be successful and prepare for a series A and be able to scale further. Then you can build trust and then you can spend less time communicating and more time just getting shit done. Then I went home and, and thought about this sentence. We basically put it on the table. Hiring takes time. People are trained. How to objectively judge certain situations. It's very, 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 very hard to change things. That was the learning. Entrepreneurs with empathy. On the people side. Hi, Adriana. It's nice that we have an episode today. Um, I also just give the context how we met. I think um, at a MasterCard event, I met Claude and then we... Um, should talk and now we talked and now we talk again for the podcast <laughs> and and we had a we had a cool get to know each other um where we talked a bit about the early stage of um ventures um but maybe yeah. before we dive into some topics um it would be cool if you can introduce yourself and give us a bit more context about yourself thank you Thomas, very happy to be to be here and be a part of this uh this podcast so a bit about myself, um, well, I guess I've been around the uh, talent world and in the startup world for about 10 years soon. So that's been a while, uh, mainly in Berlin. And I did have the chance to work with multiple, I guess, quite known startups or companies nowadays, such as Get Your Guide, Bubble, HelloFresh during the hyper growth stage as well. Um, I was at Clue and I have now been with Cavalry for soon to be three years and I do more like strategy within the portfolio. And for those that don't know what Cavalry Ventures is, actually, it's a pre-seed seed, seed um, uh, venture capital firm. So we invest in uh, in startups um, in the Dach region um, and even outside of it, um, mainly European Union, I would say. And um, your ticket size, I guess, is around half a million and up to four million. And with some exceptions, maybe less or more, I guess, then. There's always some exceptions, I guess. Yes. But uh, I, th I think it's around that. Yeah. Uh, at the moment. Yes. Okay. And then when a, a startup um, comes to you or you reach out to a startup, how does this process look like usually? Uh, after we signing, um, I guess a new new startup, 
um, yes. yeah. So um, usually, you know, I get an introduction with the with the founders. Um, sometimes it really depends on the company. It really depends on the founders. Sometimes I I get in touch with them even before we uh, we sign the uh, the term sheet and all the paperwork. Um, with some, I work at the later stage. So there's really like you know full flexibility with respect to when I start working with them. But uh, generally. Um, I'm not doing like hands-on work with them, but rather it's really like just consultancy strategy. So just trying to understand initially, you know, where they are, what is the plan that they have in mind? What do they currently have? If I mean, sometimes if they're in seed state, they already have some, some people part of the team and they might want to grow the team or not. And then just basically going with them through the process of how do you, you know, um, assess first of all what are the needs that you you need. I guess internally, um, obviously everything is different. There's like no uh, right or, or wrong. I would say uh, it's always a different approach. I guess for everyone. Um, and then after that, we uh, we generally like uh, try to figure out. You know, how do you attract talent? Where do you find the talent? I always try um, to push them to leverage the network because usually in pre seed seed. It's always much, much easier to attract uh, talent um, from your own network, people that you maybe worked with, because they would also probably trust you a bit more to join your team and your idea, whereas not everyone is really willing to join at such an early stage. Um, obviously, it comes with the risk as well. <laughs> yes, and it is also a different approach on how to operate in an early stage environment. What is usually the company size when you talk to founders and maybe? If you can share some revenue sizes or what is the organization um, structured like, do you have a focus on, for instance, B2B companies versus B2C companies versus something completely else maybe? Yeah. So, um, I mean, I had the full spectrum of companies so far. So I started working with just like one founder and no team. <laughs> to like, I don't know, two, three founders and a couple of uh, team members. And then I usually, at least with some of them, I, I worked until they were about, I think, 70, 80 people. They get someone um, leading the people team um, and representing that department in. And then I kind of like fade out um, because um, obviously I just want to make sure that they have a people team in place um, that can can manage the growth process with them because obviously this is one of the areas that I would say a lot of the startups uh, or generally like um, first-time founders or even second-time founders, they neglect a bit. Um, they just think, yes, we're just going to fix this at the later stage. That's fine. But just, it just takes much longer and uh, it's way more expensive. And in terms of companies, we mainly have, I would say, B2B companies. Um, B2B SaaS, um, um, but like uh, not really a lot of B2C. We had some some B2C companies in the portfolio, but uh, that's not that's not our focus. Um, but nevertheless, I would say that you know, in terms of um, people structures, it's not really making a huge difference. You know, if it's a B2 B two B B two C company. Yeah. yeah, definitely not in the early stage. I think just later no, on, for instance, if you build a, a consumer brand, usually is more 
maybe performance marketing and content heavy and the B2B brand is maybe a bit more um, enterprise yeah. sales heavy or SDR, BDR and then whole sales cycle um, heavy. Yeah. But what, what are the usually um, the usual first um, specific areas you tackle with them if they reach out to you? Oh, I mean, it also differs here, right? But I would say, you know, for the first time founder, they just need to, um, I think for me, it's very important uh, that they understand what actually people means, you know, like how do you attract them? How do you onboard them? How do you retain them? And also the cost behind it and the workload that you have to put into hiring. Um, and I focus a lot on that because in my experience in the previous startups that I worked with, uh, most of the founders, except one, I have to say, um, I just thought that hiring is very easily done, um, sometimes even considered uh, just like numbers so <laughs> uh, that you have to fill in. And for me, it's just very important that they understand the amount of workload sorry that you have to put into that um, because then it's easier when they have a people team on board to actually collaborate with, with them and actually manage to have a, you know, a healthier organization, I would say. Um, and that is a very important thing for me. And that's what I, I work on um, a lot with the founders, I would say. Um But then obviously, you know, just very uh, interesting for me is like, you know, how do you onboard people? How are you planning to, you know, grow from there? Also, like um, looking at the current organization, what do you have right now? Uh, what are the, uh, you know, like what are the efforts to, uh, you know, retain those people? What are the culture? Well, what is the culture that you're trying to, you know, to implement? A lot of the founders just come to me and ask me, you know, like, how do I define culture? And I'm like, just look at you, you're the culture of the company at this stage. Like, you know, it's how you how you work, how you treat people, how you collaborate, how you communicate with them. So that's where you basically start building, uh, you know, culture from in like such an early stage. Um, there's no like HR department that is just going to come in and build your culture, you know. So this is also something they have to, they have to work on, I would say. Um And then the focus is on also working with them when they uh, fundraise again, for example, Series A, uh, just try to understand, you know, what is the plan for them, plan of growth, uh, go with them through the hiring plan, um, headcount planning. Is that realistic? Is that not realistic? Um, it happens sometimes that is not realistic. And then you just sit down with them and uh, discuss, you know, what do you have right now in the team? And like, if you want to, I don't know, if you're like, 40 people and you want to hire 100 people like is this is this feasible with the current resources that you have i mean you can always probably do it but is that healthy is this what we also want i guess as, as investors to see um i don't i don't think so <laughs> maybe i'm wrong but as far as i know the team doesn't want that as well um so i just support them a bit strategically on like how to um uh, you know Uh, how to set up the uh, new headcount plan, how to divide it, um, make it realistic, you know, bring in resources. Uh, it can be either interim, um, uh, I don't know, talent acquisition, or it can be interim solutions in-house or 
you know, you just build a team. It really depends on the time that you have, right? Um, uh, building a team, I, I, I mean, on the, on the people side, on the talent side as well. Um, you know, is your team trained to actually hire uh, X amount of, of people? Do you have enough capacity to hire, but also build the product in the same time? Um, so these are, I would say, the... <laughs> the basic stuff for us that you just have to uh, to work on with uh, with the founders as well yeah in case you like my show please subscribe i would really appreciate it and what would be an ideal setup for you when a company is preparing for a series a or just got the series um, a in terms of maybe the capabilities from an people team perspective um, how should that look like in your opinion It really depends as well, right, on the on like how much they're planning to grow, how much they fundraise and so on and so forth. But my idea is that a company should already have a representative of um, of the people department within the first 20 to 30 hires. You know, that's not going to bankrupt the company, um, but rather it's going to set the company to success, in my opinion, for success. Um, because they will start easily working on a lot of different processes, you know, clean up, I guess, talent as well, everything that, you know, regarding talent, um, uh, you know, attraction, the recruitment processes, you know, assess the pipeline, you see like, what are the bottlenecks? What do we have to improve? What's working? What's not working? What is the quality of talent that we get on board? Right. What do we need as a next step right because also you know when you're when you're growing as a business maybe the talent that you hired in seed stage might not be relevant when you're in like series b for example probably they will most of them will not be relevant anymore just because you know you require probably a different type of skill set at some point um but then also you know introduce a bit of like i guess feedback processes feedback mindset um you know culture Uh, work with the founders on the topics, uh, communication, and so on and so forth. So I think once you hire that at an early stage, that's great. And then I guess Series A, it really depends. But if you're like, I know, planning to double the team, you're 40 and you're doubling the team, I would say just hire someone that has a good amount of experience as a head of people, VP, whatever you want to call it. I would just like keep it, uh, you know, calm with respect to titles. This is also what I, I, I tell them. Um, But, you know, someone that can support the management team at the more strategical uh, level so that the founders don't necessarily have to do this hands-on, but rather, you know, work with that person to develop the company from a people perspective. And the companies that have done this in the portfolio, they have all been quite successful until now, I would say. Yes, and I also think that's a key point that... Um you you at some point get somebody that gets the trust from the founding team because otherwise you yeah. cannot scale the whole um, operations behind hiring then onboarding people and um, how you set up maybe communication internally and um, then it's always a bit um, reactive because it just gets attention when there is a big problem or a very big urgency and then it's the founder's highest priority to do so and then they jump in and do it by themselves and are um, annoyed because they need to do everything by themselves. <laughs> that's that's also something that we, uh, at least I noticed uh, with the founders. Um, 
it's very difficult for them to to let go um mm. and some of them understand this like really at a good time some whatever but some like really late and it just takes so much time for them to sorry to offboard to uh onboard new people and actually fully trust maybe the people that they already hired to do the job um but i guess this is also very common with like first time founders yeah, exactly. i would say um but then I think if somebody founded a company already to a certain stage, they are way better in allocated budget and also delegating stuff and saying, okay, we have the money for that. We now get expertise and we do it that way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and, I, mm-hmm. and I just make sure that on a high level perspective, I understand what it's needed. And then I make sure mm-hmm. that I set maybe the overall short, not not even vision, but uh, the expectations um, provide yeah. the budget or the money and make sure that I get somebody doing it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I always tell the founders, like, look for you at this stage it's, and probably even later, but, you know, I focus on, on like this, uh, you know, pre-seed to series A stages. I, I always tell them, like, look for you, probably like two most important things as a founder are fundraising. You need to make sure that you have enough money in your bank account and hiring, hiring the right team. If you hire the right team, and you have enough funding, then you have also like a bit of time for the rest, but then the team is going to support you to build your company. And these are the most, I think, important points to have. If there's no funding, there's no team, there's no product, there's no success, there's nothing. So you just have to make sure you have this in place and then it's going to work out for sure if you hire the right team, I guess. And I think that was also classical, um, a classical pattern, especially from the past. And now I think it's even... Um, when you just take the fundraising piece, sometimes mm-hmm. you could also insert generate revenue or something, right? Um, because maybe that's also happening now at a bit of an earlier stage. And um, I yeah, also see with some, yes. yeah. I also see often that a founder comes to us as well and says, okay, I now need to hire a head of sales because I cannot do anything by myself. But the first sales hire, in my opinion, should not be a head of sales. I think the founders need, especially, let's talk P2B SaaS, yeah? Um, If you're in an early stage, don't get the deals closed or understand the ideal customer profile, the market, the segment, the proposition. Um, It's hard. And if the product is maybe not ready yet, who else than the founder can tell the customer, yes, we will deliver that because product roadmap is in mind. It can prioritize yeah. depending on the situation somebody hired yes. to do so cannot do that yes indeed but also sometimes what happens is that the uh, founders just fall into this trap of actually running this entire entire like sales process on their own whereas you could potentially you know get someone on board that's not definitely ahead of probably you don't necessarily need a head of in most of, of the cases it really depends on like how aggressive you want to grow probably Um, but then, you know, like you shouldn't really coordinate the process end to end. You should definitely still be part, I guess, of, you know, of the calls because obviously it's going to have a different impact for you, uh, while you're selling your product and the vision and what you're trying to build. Um, but then slowly you'll also have to fade out of that, of that phase. I would say that phase is probably in the seed stage, um, you know, beginning of series A, maybe even, but then you have to fade out and obviously just jump in again. At least this is my opinion. Jump in again on, uh, you know, bigger clients, right? If you have a, a big client coming in, of course, it's going to look very different if the founders are going to be part or at least one of the founders is going to be part of the of the call. 
Um, but you don't have to manage the entire process, right? You don't have to sit there and write all the emails. You don't have to chase the clients for, um, you know, for an offer or for the contract or whatever. Like you just don't have to do that as a founder. I think you just, um, I think you would just waste too much time um, on doing that. So exactly. get there, someone on board. Plus, founder plus maybe founder associate level or um, some generalist seller yeah. really works well. And over time, when something is really getting repetitive, it's good to delegate and maybe structure it. Um, but I think yeah. until that's not clear, it's good to do it a bit by themselves until you can even delegate it, right? Because often at yes. an early stage, I don't know how, the, how you see it, but I see it often that the biggest problems founders have when they build the organization is defining mm -hmm. the expectations is quite hard for them because things are changing so fast and therefore you can yeah. never make a a clear decision on is it the right thing to do uh, to hire somebody with a certain profile now or to still wait because if you still wait it might look different and then it's a bit <laughs> when do you commit yeah. to a decision it's it's the question a, a bit right things move very fast right when you're in that stage of um of uh, i guess uh life cycle of a company um you know just work with the team Uh, that's why you're hiring a team, work with your team, involve them, collaborate, communicate as much as possible. And then it's going to be easier for you to take decisions and grow from there. That's my, my opinion. And also like one more thing maybe to add, um, a lot of the founders, uh, they get stressed, especially like on this transition from like C to series A, I would say. And they don't know how to manage that, a lot of them. And what I think it's important, and it's probably not so much done, but I think it's also nice to have a coach as a founder. Um, oh, it yes. is definitely going to support you in your, like, I guess, you know, thought process, structuring, uh, dealing with stress. Uh, how do you do that? How do you, you know, build a company and potentially have a family or a relationship or have a life next to that if there is. Um, so I think a lot of them don't really focus on that. And I think would be a key point for a lot of the founders to do that. And I would say that probably if you go to your investors, no one is going to say no to having a coach. I think everyone would be like, sure, if this is going to make you work better, get more structure, then go for it. Just do it, right? Um, so this is also something I would recommend to the founders. Um, just get a bit of, um, or like get some coaching, get a coach to work with you for, um, you know, this transition period at least. And then exactly. you see if you want to Especially do something. Especially for intensity yeah. in terms of change, right? Because sometimes the, the let go yeah. part there is so hard. And then oh, yes. they're, they're, they're <laughs> obsessed with certain things that make yes. sense to have a certain obsession, right? But sometimes yeah. maybe the timing is not right anymore to focus on Yeah. It. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah definitely i mean just going back to what to what uh, i guess what i mentioned earlier right like they they don't easily let go to, to things or or they sometimes don't understand like when is it a good time for me to 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 let go to this maybe take the time to onboard um an employee to to do what i'm doing um instead of me doing that <laughs> i guess You know, it's it's a bit of a different approach when you're a founder rather than when you will be an expert in I don't know, talent acquisition, for example, right? It's um, it's different, right? As a founder, you just have to kind of like zoom out quite a bit, 
Mm. Um, and then, you know, just assess and move the puzzle uh, from like, you know, further distance. You don't have to always just like uh, step in. I mean, at the beginning, sure, you know, you're going to wear a lot of different hats, but slowly you just have to uh, fade out once you hire people to do that. But I think on the other hand, it's also, so I agree. And I would also say it's it's a, a hard or a very thin line because it's a hard decision to make when, from a time perspective, when does it make sense to be obsessed about certain things and really just drive it where somebody else mm -hmm. that is not a founder could not do it because it's yeah. just a founder's thing. <laughs> um, yeah. And then when to say, okay, I, could, I, I feel it now. I have the impulse. I want to yeah. jump in now, but it doesn't make any sense. I find another solution that is not where I am not part of the solution. That's really hard. And that's a never ending story, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's key to build a company. Have I said that's easy? No, it's not. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's easy to talk about it, right? But then I'm sure that, you know, in practice for everyone, it's a challenge. And, you know, that's the thing, right? You just have to also assess like how you work as a founder, you know, what is important to you. How do you want to build your company? And um, it's just uh, it's just understanding that about yourself as well, and then slowly work on on you know growing this like healthier organization that you trust and that can support you in your growth. It's a process. <laughs> That's why a lot of founders need also coaching and they need support because. It is a very difficult process, yes. In case you have any feedback or anything you want to share with me, please send me an email on thomas at peoplewise.com or hit me up on LinkedIn. And in case you really enjoy the show, please subscribe. I would really appreciate it. Do you have some um, certain coaches? What are the, the type of profiles that, that there are um, coaching founders and who, who gets recommended? Yeah. So um, I would say people that have been or that founded companies before. Um, so, for example, um, yeah, I would say some, some good profile would be, you know, um, a person that has at least founded one or two companies themselves before. Successfully um, or can they even fail? Um, I would say it should be a nice mix from it. Um, that would be my, my opinion because I think also you get, so much learning if you if you failed um mm. and i think this is going to support the founders even more right with like look this is also what i've went through um and what i've done and it didn't work out maybe for me maybe it's going to work for you but um yeah i would say that you know to be a founder coach you should also have tried to have your own company uh, at least one time uh ideally two times so you have two experiences and some coaching experience as well but um i would say a good found, good founder coach would be someone that have has at least like 10 to 15 years of experience minimum mm -hmm. as well yeah cool and um, <laughs> do you have any final recommendations for um founders or early stage people team members oh that's so many <laughs> <laughs> what is the most important um 
maybe let's just talk from experience, right? When you work in different uh, in different startups, um, what I missed, um, obviously, in all of them, uh, different, I guess, different uh, topics or different areas. Um, I guess communication is a very important point for for when you're growing your team, especially early stage. The team is so small. And I think you really need to maintain like a good, clear communication uh, that can easily become very challenging when you're in early stage, I would say. Um, and I'm saying that because I think at least, again, my opinion is that if you have a transparent communication with your team, um, that is definitely going to ensure that you gain the trust of the team and collaboration of the team, uh, the entire team you're working with, basically. Something that has been missing, I would say, in most of the teams that I have been, uh, except one. Um, and other than that, one of the big things that is missing or that I have seen as a mistake, in my opinion, is that there is no leadership development or leadership training. Obviously, you're going to have quite a few people that join in an early stage and you want to keep them. You want to retain them with you. but they uh, they either might not be good leaders or they need training for that. And usually, you know, because you're in a startup and you have to move fast and you hire fast and everything is quite moving, like speedy, I would say. Um, then you don't really have the time to, to train your team or you just lose focus on, on that. But also in the same time, I would say not... One of the mistakes that I have seen is that sometimes companies or founders just promote people internally, but sometimes you also have to bring external um, people with, you know, new ideas, new approach. Um, yeah, new approach, I would say. But also, you know, fresh thinking. Uh, I think it's just like, it's, it's definitely going to support the team a lot. So you just have to, I would say, find the right balance on, um, you know, what type of leaders you have um, and the ones that you're going to add on to the team at every single stage. Mm -hmm. And who is a guest that you know, I don't know, um, who I should interview next? Oh, that's uh, taking me by surprise. <laughs> it does uh, for many guests. <laughs> ah, oh wow. Um interesting. Who you should interview next? I guess I guess it really oh it really did you interview a founder that went through the process like two or three times so far? And maybe, you know, share their uh, learnings on yeah, yeah. building a team. N not too many, I think two two were there. Um, but it's a good idea. Do you know somebody who would into that, who would open about that? Um, probably I can also like reach out to the portfolio and ask them, you know, like if they would like yeah. to be part of that. I always love when the founders share their like knowledge on hiring and mistakes they have done. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good approach to also hear it from them, not just from them, I would say people that do this for a for a for a job 
<laughs> good idea. Good idea. So if you can ask around and we can make it happen, I would be more than happy. Yeah. I can ask one of the founders at least that uh, I know usually is more than happy to share the mistakes that they have been doing uh, <laughs> in their transition to Series A. Um, but also maybe one that, um, you know, focused a lot on um, on the, or I would say the, the the setup of the of the organization that they built, and they done it successfully. I would say they kind of already went through the first phase of Series A, whereas like a lot of like ups and downs and cleaning and like hiring new people and whatever, and um, they've done it quite well. So that would be also nice, nice approach. Ooh. Yeah, let's stay in touch on that. Um, yeah. And thank you for your time, Adriana. It was really a pleasure. Thank you for your time, Thomas. Uh, it was a pleasure as well. <laughs>